And you know what's weird? Kentucky is in that weird spot in between. Mm. So our, it, I have a mixture mm. of Midwest and Southern. Like some things I say are very Southern. Some things I say are very Midwestern. It's so weird. What do you call soda? You call it pop? It's pop. It is soda. <laughs> it is pop. It's Coke. I'm just playing. I'm playing. I'm okay. Playing. I'm, playing. I'm, playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. No, I'm saying when I moved up to see my mom was out to eat, I remember asking for a Coke. And they said, what kind? And I was so confused. And I was like, do you have cherry Coke? That was like, I mean, no. Do you want Coke, Dr. Pepper? I said, baby, none of that is Coke. Is Coke Dr. Pepper? It's not a Coke is not an umbrella category. It's a specific line. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? And they also said called it cold drink. The f- yes, I didn't understand that so for the life on of- the vending machines. It, was well, like- yes. it wasn't until I saw the vending machine and I was like, "That's where they got cold drink." Yeah, who called it cold drink? drink? That's uh, what them cold drinks people in Tennessee call it. See, cold yeah. drink. Oh. Ma'am, mm. sir, it's pop. It's soda. I said what I said. Carbonated soda. Welcome back. You are listening to the Air is Dope Up Here podcast. Join us every Tuesday as we navigate through the misconceptions of adulthood while still enjoying our sisterhood through traveling, creating, and getting shit done. We are here for another episode today, and I kind of just wanted to start off just to see how you ladies have been. This month is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I know that outside of the podcast, we take time to check in on each other. But I thought it would be really nice for us to do a check-in actually on the podcast. So that way we can also check in with our listeners and see how they're managing through this month. May has so much going on. I think all it's also lupus awareness. Of course, we just celebrated Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all you ladies, godmothers, aunties, those that are loving on these babies and spoiling them and giving them back to their parents. You two are saluted. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I just wanted to take this episode to kind of just check in on you two and see how you've been. Where are you at when it comes to work? Or your career, I should say. How are you mentally? And how are you when it comes to dealing with your family? Because I know all of us are distant from family to a certain extent. And I know that's been weighing on us throughout this pandemic. So just wanted to see in those three areas, like, how you ladies are doing. That's a lot. Okay, let's see. Let's start. <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> it's not a lot. Um, where am I? I think I've mentioned it before. I am still in my gap year. 
somebody actually just posted a article about adults taking gap years. Really? She's a whole consultant. About gap years? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Who knew? I was like, hmm, I might need to add that to my list of things to do. So right now I am trying to get mentally prepared to potentially start taking on another career. I have discovered like a lane that I'm interested in pursuing. So I do want to try and build a portfolio over the next couple of months so that I can start applying for jobs. Is this lane in what I think it is? Is it in the tech world to a certain extent? It actually combines tech and education, especially with everybody going virtual. They need uh, curriculum designers Mm -hmm. um, for the online portions of whatever training programs that they have for the company, whether it's a business side or customer base. So, yeah. Combine the two things. Just kind of wrapping my mind around that, being that this year was so freeing and not have to deal with the microaggressions that we sometimes, a lot of times, (laughs) deal with as Black women in the workforce. So I do know that going into the next opportunity that I am also interviewing the company to make sure that they are a good fit and I'm not just taking a job just to take a job. I I need to be in a culture that accept my differences and my experience. Because that's, to be completely honest, that's what companies need. They need voices of Black women. They, yeah. it's, that's, that's why I keep, companies keep getting in trouble because they don't have diverse thinking in their company. So yeah, just kind of wrapping my head around that. I still have been looking for a a counselor. I did kind of narrow down my list after taking a trip to Chicago and spent time with some families. Start to unpack a lot of things (laughs) that have been passed down. That, I, that was definitely brought to my attention just by viewing, not necessarily conversations, but just by seeing actions of others and thinking about things that I've done or witnessed that aren't necessarily healthy. So just trying to get rid of these things before potentially bringing life into the world. Okay. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Claim it. I'm ready. Ready to be an auntie. I think that's about it. Family's good for the most part. Everybody's good. And you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm in a good place. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just listening. I'm not saying anything. (laughs) I am in a really good place. Good. What about you, Nikla? I'm good. I'm in a really good place too. I I made the decision a couple months ago to kind of give myself, call it a mental break because I'm still staying informed and staying updated on what's going on. But I made the decision to step back and not 
get allow my passion for equity, equality, social justice, fair treatment of my people to completely consume me. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last year, it's been a lot forever, but over the last year, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a whole lot on top of the pandemic. And so I just made the decision a few months ago to allow myself to not feel like I have to be completely engulfed in it and completely consumed by it. And it's been really good for me. And I'm in a good place. I do a lot of laughing, a lot of kicking. I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. Work is good. Work is busy. But you know me, I try to always look at the positive side of things. So as busy as work is and as frustrated as I make it, sometimes I'm grateful that I still have a job. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that our raises weren't affected. Our bonuses weren't affected. We're still hiring, which lets me know we're not in danger of the growth of the company or our jobs are not in danger. I try to focus on the positive things versus the negative. That's very helpful. Mm -hmm. Family is good. I am far away from family and y'all know how I am. It takes a lot for me to get to the point where I feel like I miss somebody and I'm getting to that point where I feel like I miss my family. Like it really does. It it takes a while. It takes a lot for me to get to that point. And I'm I'm at that point where I'm like, I miss my sisters. I miss my nephews. I got to see my mom a couple of weeks ago. We met up, took a random trip to Charleston just to get away. <laughs> so my mama and my cousin, and we had a good time. That was a good weekend. I'm trying to plan to do more things like that just to change the scenery, get out of these walls. There was a point. Maybe about maybe about three weeks or so, I was sitting in here and just start feeling like the walls were caving in on me. Mm. And I was like, okay, it's, it's time to... I had started doing moving around, but I was like, okay, I really need to do a lot more moving around. I get to see my family again Memorial Weekend. We get to celebrate my nephew graduating from high school. One of my nephews graduating from high school, so we've got a whole big old family barbecue planned. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm Really excited, looking forward to that, and uh, looking forward to planning some more random trips. And then also, my visitors are coming to see me in Houston, so that's going to be exciting. I'm excited for that. I'm already thinking about what we can do safely, of course. I'm just, I'm in a good spot. I'm feeling optimistic and positive every day. I'm not complaining right now. Good. How are you? Oh, good. Mm. I was gonna say, <laughs> you know, how you're so quick to just respond and say I'm good, and I've been trying to yeah. be intentional about just being honest. I am good across the board. Yeah, but I also recognize that May has not started off as easy. Had some situations with some illness striking my family and. It's been multiple people that have been hit by that. So being away from family, that is a challenge for me to try to process what illness looks like when you can't lay your eyes on your family. But, you know, God is good. Everything is going to work out. I'm trusting in this season that my family is going to be okay. Mother's Day surprisingly was 
good for me this year. It has been almost six years since my mom passed. It'll be six years in August. And I honestly, to be completely transparent with you too, I felt like this was the first Mother's Day where I was able to breathe and just acknowledge reality and be fully okay with it, if that makes sense. And it didn't, it didn't dawn on me that I actually processed and went through all of that until the day after. I was like, wow, okay. I see what I see what you did. That makes me happy for you. Yeah. Do you think it helped that and sorry to jump in, but do you think it helped that you were at home with your grandma? I think a part of it definitely did help. Cause you know, I avoided going home for many years, uh, especially for the for Mother's Day, because I felt like my family recognizes that I am a strong individual. But with that, because my family recognizes I'm a strong individual, we can definitely dive into this a little bit deeper later on in a conversation. It is hard for my family to accept that I too can get emotional. If, And I've also recognized that with my friends. My friends, a lot of people don't take it well to see me emotional. They can be emotional, but to see me be emotional, it, it kind of hurts them in a certain way. So because mm-hmm. I recognized that I avoided going home for some time because if an emotion did come up regarding my mom no longer being here, I'm okay with expressing it, but I just knew that it wasn't comfortable for other people. So I avoided it. And I think this year was just, it was just different. I woke up, I, I recognized that this was a day of, Still a day of celebration because I still have much to celebrate. But it was me recognizing like here I am trying to uplift a mom, my grandmother, who had to bury her child and but still celebrate life with still having other kids here. And just wanted her to have a good day. You know what I'm saying? And not have to think about that one particular situation. So I say all that to say like, Mother's Day went very well. Work for me, it's been a busy season. I think I've kind of told y'all like this time of the year is like a busy season for me. But it's it's good. I am noticing that I am feeling a sense of burnout mm. when it comes to work. And so I'm trying to like process that. And I would say for me emotionally, I'm good. I feel like I finally gotten into a, a space where however I feel, that is okay. I don't have to feel bad if I'm not having a good day. I don't have to mask that things aren't perfect. And I appreciate being able to be in that space and be okay with it. Because for the longest, I wasn't also okay with being an emotional person. Because I wasn't often afforded to be emotional because I was always the person people was leaning on. So I just feel like everything is good. Um, Bridge, you said something that made me think about how we operate and how we maneuver. And you were referencing being in Chicago and spending time with family and identifying generational trauma and how in that moment you identified that okay I see patterns and I want to change those patterns and behaviors and I recognize that maybe therapy is a a resource that can help me with that I too have 
consider therapy. And I think I've been open and transparent about that. And I am moving forward with therapy. But I wanted to just applaud you for, one, identifying that there is some generational trauma there and that you want to change that pattern. Because Mm -hmm. I think in our community, we brush a lot of things under the rug and we continue to just move, not really acknowledging what's truly happening around us. Yeah. And it's crazy because I didn't grow up around a lot of family because we moved to Atlanta when I was I had just turned four so hearing the word generational trauma or generational curses I just assumed I escaped some of that Mm -hmm. because my behavior Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily line up to the things that we're seeing but the underlying components were still there it's and, and I can say this because I, I think it's something that affects a lot of Black families is, you know, learning to be able to speak freely and share your emotions without elders feeling like you're being disrespectful because you're speaking your voice. That's deep right there. That's the whole sermon, sis. It's... I think I got threatened to get a whooping (laughs) because I asked a question or something like that. Talk about, uh, I ain't have to whoop you as a a child. Uh, so what you trying to say now, ma'am, did you forget? I am 35 years old. Uh, come on now. That goes so deep. Mm -hmm. It does. That goes so deep. Like, and this is probably a conversation for another day, but as soon as you said that, my immediate thought was that's that slave master slave mentality. You don't ask no questions. You don't talk back. You don't act like you have your own opinion, identity, whatever. You do what I tell you to do and that's that's it. That's all. That is such a lot. It's so it's so traumatic. Mm-hmm. Because what it does it is, of course, we're seeing this now that we're grown. But as a kid, you realize it takes away your voice, and so then we become adults who are apprehensive and afraid of using our voice mm-hmm. and being who we truly are. Because for so long we've been forced to suppress it because we were told it was disrespectful. Yeah, right. And having to grow up and recognize. We weren't being disrespectful. We were actually trying to show our personality or we were being inquisitive and curious and we really were trying to figure out things, mm-hmm. but no one was willing to listen because we were needed to stay in a child's place and not be disrespectful. Like that just, whoo, listen, honey. Yeah. That's yeah. one curse I will be breaking. Mm-hmm. I understand yeah. that just because you're a child doesn't mean you're any less of a human. You have your own personality, your own curiosities, and your you own know emotions. your own emotions, your own feelings. And if my child comes to me with a legitimate question, as their parent, am I not supposed to be there to teach them? You get what I'm like. That's just that's my thought. But yeah, that's no, I to- totally agree. 
Yeah. It, it took me to being in my, shoot, when did I say that was? 30, that was a good 32 before my parents and I had that conversation. Say what you need to say. Like, a lot of it was, I felt like I would be judged for what I said. And so that, that fear of judgment is one thing that kept me from speaking my voice. I'm I'm glad I found it because I am too, girl. <laughs> Baby, I found mine. I ain't turned back yet. Mm-mm. And, and, it, it, and it, I, it honestly took some adjusting from my mom. It, it took some time yeah. for her to just be like, just she going to say what she got to say. And, and that's just what it is. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm still not disrespectful, but I'm not gonna silence or sugarcoat or censor in a way how I really feel because my feelings are valid. Yeah. yeah. And that makes me think about habits, not only as being raised as a child, but even as an adult. Are we instilling in ourselves and in our family habits that are creating healing or hurt? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I will say my mom allowed me to voice my opinion. Mm-hmm. I can't say my other family members really accepted, but my mom always recognized that Tiffany's very vocal. Mm-hmm. and she she took the time to hear what I had to say. So I always felt like my voice could be heard. But what I will say is because it was not fully heard by everyone, I did feel the need to determine when I wanted to use my voice, if it made sense. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got older that I became more open to just being like, this is who I am, this is what I need. These are my boundaries. And so it just makes me think about what habits we've been taught and were those mm-hmm. habits really helping us nurture into a healthy and full individual or did it leave gaps where now there is some mental health around us? Because if you think about it, a lot of us suffer from mental health and mental health looks different. It's not right. just someone that's having a, a, a psychotic breakdown. It could mm-hmm. be anxiety. It could be the way that we manage stress. Um, mm-hmm. It could be taking on the whole superwoman syndrome where I can do all, be all, and not need anyone's support. And that's a whole nother conversation about how women now are operating and now we've been identified as this whole superwoman because we take on any and everything, but that also goes through how we were raised and what our families experienced and what our community went through. But I just say all that to say the habits that are instilled in us in a child, they show themselves in very unique ways as an adult. Yeah. 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 Very true. And you're just talking about that whole superwoman complex. I see variations of this quote all over the place all the time, but it's it's that thought of who's the strong friend for the strong friend. Like when the strong friend needs somebody to lean on, where do they turn? And when you were talking, Tiff, about not wanting to show emotions to your friends because they're used to you being the strong friend, that was my first thought. Okay, you know, 
you and I have that kind of similarity where we have been that strong friend for people for a very long time. And I know, I don't know about you, but I know for me, when I was at my lowest and I felt, you know, I was breaking, I felt like I didn't have nobody else, nobody to turn to because nobody had ever been a strong friend for me. And I was so used to being that for everybody else. Yeah. So that leads to isolation and loneliness and depression, really. And so I think we need to be mindful to make sure not only are we that strong friend, but showing our vulnerabilities and being honest that we're human just like everybody else. And yes, we can be that support system. We can be that strong friend. But sometimes we need that too. in order Because I think I've said this on a couple of episodes before. If we're empty, we can't continue to pour in to anybody else. Right. And so we, we need that reciprocity. I think it's, I think sometimes it's a challenge for reciprocity. Because I will say this. How often when you get a call... Do your friends stop and say, hey, how are you feeling today before they unload on you? Mm. It's not often. We don't have a habit. And it's it's nobody's fault, but it's just reality. It's something that I've like paid attention to. We don't have a habit of checking in on each other before uh-huh. we go into our situation. We'll just go in right. on the phone and as soon as I hear your voice, let me tell you what happened. This, this, that, and the third. And I don't hold on to you not knowing how your day went. How are you mentally? Is there something going on with you? Do you need to lean on me in this moment? And I'm throwing an additional burden on you. We Mm -hmm. don't fully recognize that sometimes our other friends need help, whether they're the strong friend or not. We don't take time to check in before we unload. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Very true. And I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I am too. And, I've ex- and I, I definitely have experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and if you are the strong friend, even when that happens, what do you do? You push, you suppress whatever it is going on with you so that you can step up and be that friend in that moment. And even every single time. Every single time. And even when the conversation is done, do you go in and say, this is what happened in my day? No, because now you feel guilty about wanting to express what happened to you that day because of what your friend just unloaded on you. And you don't want to add more stress on them. You don't. And because you're so used to, oh, I, I'm strong enough. I can handle it. I'll be all right. Yeah. I don't need to, I don't need, I can, um, I'll figure it out on my It shows up in, it shows up in our relationships. It shows up at work. It just shows up into how we navigate throughout the day. Like, I know people that's listening to this are probably like, you know what, dang, I've, I'm guilty of doing that. Because we don't think to just ask, hey, are you in an emotional state to receive what I need to let off my chest? That's not what we do. That's very true. Yeah. I was looking for a post. I was trying to remember exactly what it said. And it was basically normalize not trying to one-up somebody's story. I have a friend. She'll ask me something. You know, how am I doing? And I'll say it. And then it's like, she always has an example as well. <laughs> and I'm just like, now we're back to you. Okay. Mm. So, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. So how do we combat that? How do we, 
I guess I have a couple of questions. Like, how do we combat that to be better, um, either by example or just speaking up and saying, hey, I, I kind of need you right for me right now? And mm-hmm. then also, what tools are we using to maintain or get better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I honestly think it starts with self-awareness. Yeah. Right? Because... For me, I'll just start with myself. I know certain things that are triggers. I know how I can and cannot handle certain emotions or certain situations. And so I think it all goes back to self-awareness because you have to, one, be able to recognize what are some of the issues or challenges within yourself that you need to adjust or habits that you need to change. So that way when you are in a situation where your friends want to unload on you or you want to unload on your friends, you go about it in a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely self-awareness. Because even though that post was just posted, I think I'd seen it before. And I was like, ooh, I've started doing that. Like, I... I I was able to recognize that I too, when somebody tells me something like, oh yeah, this happened to me too. No, just sit there and listen. Cause sometimes people just want to be heard. So definitely that self-awareness of things that you do that are, can be triggering to others or things that you don't want done to you. So I definitely have made sure that I've recognized when I do that and try to pull back. Um, Avoiding phone calls. <laughs> the queen. You look, you, you, I, I am the funny. queen. Baby, my ignore game is so strong. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I, I've been doing that for years. It's like, you know what you can handle and when, what you yes. can't. You right. Know? And, and we're you know, the some days it's just like, I can't today. And I was just thinking while you were saying, recognizing that you do that, oh, well, that happened to me. And I'm wondering if that comes from that strong friend complex or whatever you want to call it and not wanting whoever your friend is you're talking to in that moment to feel like they're alone because you feel mm-hmm. way before. So you try to give them an example or give them a story of what you've been through, not to cut them off or make it about you, but to give them a sense that they're not alone in whatever it is they're going through. It's it's not an individual. I know I've done that before, and my thought process is I know I felt alone in things before. I don't want anybody else to feel like that. I want whoever I'm talking to know. This is a one-off. You're not the only person that has or will experience this. Mm. Um, and if it's something that I have experienced, I realize that I'll share it in an effort not to make them feel alone. But now I'm realizing maybe that came off as me maybe not caring as much or feeling like it's all about me, which is really not true. Mm. That wasn't my intention, right. but that's how it may be received. Right. And I guess it's even adding some extra dialogue around that story to say you're not alone i've done this too right so So you're approaching your words Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
the adulting of it all. Yeah. Right. Listen, I'm telling you, they should have gave us a course in college with different levels of adulting, but nobody considered that. Okay. So here we are. But Nico, I thought about something that you said because I know that you're an empath. And I know how you feel about social injustice and diversity and equity and inclusion and things of that nature. And you said that lately you have cut back on your social media activity because you recognized it as a trigger. And I felt like that was important because I think that too goes back to a level of self-awareness like being able to identify what triggers certain emotions, like what triggers my anxiety, what triggers my stress, and what can I do, like you said, to combat that. So when I feel anxiety, I do this. Because I had a very bad panic attack at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a heart attack because that's just how my body responded. But I think what's also important when it comes to mental health is being able to identify triggers and listening to your body. Because mm-hmm. for me, I've heard people mention, oh, I, I suffer from anxiety. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and I'm thinking to a certain extent, all of us do suffer from anxiety. But in that moment, you couldn't tell me I wasn't about to die. Like, legit. It was, my chest was tight. My breaths weren't steady. I literally felt if I would have continued to just go where I was headed instead of taking myself back home to calm my nerves, that I probably would have ended up in the hospital from either getting into a car accident or just losing control of my body. Mm -hmm. And I just think for you to be an empath, I just wonder, where are your triggers? What what brought you to recognize I need to pull back from social media? Did your body respond in a certain way? Yes. Um, for me, it's so weird to explain. So for me, for example, if there's news of another shooting or murder is what I really should call it by the police or whatever the case may be. I can physically feel my body's reaction to it. It's more than emotional for me. Um, Sometimes I get the shakes, my heart races. I get like clammy and sweaty. My shortness of breath where I start like very labored breathing, like I physically feel it. And usually when I come out of that part of it, I have this heaviness, like my body literally feels heavy. Like I have this heaviness that comes over me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have kind of decreased social media viewing my, my screen time. But what I have also done is recognize that I can't run away from it. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't completely avoid it. So when I am on social media and I see something that I, that triggers me, I know how to quickly scroll past it. I know how to go find joy. You know, I I know how to go find something that's going to make me laugh, going to make me smile. That's going to bring that sense of joyful, almost euphoria over me. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that I've been focusing on lately. And even to the point where if it's 
And you know, every day is not a good day. Just transparent moment. I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety in 20. And so I realized though that what led to that diagnosis, I had been feeling those things since like middle school. So it was a long period of time where I just suppressed it or ignored it. Or really, at a one point, I didn't even have the language. I didn't even know what to call what I was. Yeah, I, I I don't do the I don't do medication, so I just learned my own coping mechanism. People talk about me all the time about lighting candles and incense and listening to music, but that's one of my coping mechanisms. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's something that calms me, and that's something that kind of helps bring me back to a, a centered place. Me being alone and taking time to be by myself is a coping mechanism. It's something that keeps me calm because too many people increases my anxiety. So um, too much interaction is just a bit much, you know. And I've I've even started recently, when I find something, a a funny video or a funny clip or something, I'll save it. And in those bad days or bad moments, I go back and rewatch it because I know that it kind of helped me get back on track where I need to, where I need to go. Those are things that trigger me. Other triggers I have are, I am very empathetic and and sensitive to mistreatment of children. I am very empathetic and, and sensitive to the homeless. Like really it's like a lot of humanitarian type things that really just bother me. Like mm. basic humanity, treating mm. people like humans when that doesn't happen it tears my soul to pieces and i think a lot of it is because i'm not in a position i don't have the means to save everybody the way i really want yeah so it it gets me down because i can't be that safe but that's what i've been doing is just focusing on joy specifically moments of black joy (laughs) um I will save you a video, baby. I will bookmark an IG post. I will go back on Twitter looking for laughs. Like I just, I've learned to just find moments of joy and focus on moments of joy. I, what's what's the embracing culture? I think that's the one on oh, Instagram. They lately, if I need a good laugh. Baby, they have been on it the past few days. They posted, was it today or yesterday, they posted a, a, like several pictures or clips of just black people laughing at random stuff. When I tell you, I've been tickled. <laughs> like, tickled, okay? You know, I, I listen to podcasts that I enjoy. Oh, yeah. Pilates has become a good release for me. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm, I'm glad that we're having this conversation today because... It doesn't happen often. I can't say that there's too many friend circles that I have where we really check in on each other and not just a surface level. How was your day at work? But like, how are you truly doing? Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if it's just because in our community, there's still a negative stigma behind mental health overall. I don't. I hope people that are taking the time to listen to this podcast today understand that whatever level of mental health that you're battling, it it, what do I want to say? 
it's not a definitive diagnosis. It doesn't define who you are. And I think sometimes that's how people view it. it and I think mm-hmm. to me, it's a bigger picture. I think because for so long, it was viewed as being weak. And the last thing anybody wants to be perceived as is weak. Mm-hmm. And really, for me, I've had to recognize, and I, I want this to be the same for everybody else out there, the two of you and everybody listening, that strength is in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And, and, and speaking up and saying, I'm not okay. There's nothing weak about that. and But I do think that's where a lot of it comes from, is not want to be perceived as weak or needy. Or yeah. be burning, you know, on top of the stigma. Right. You're right, because I I have said out my mouth to people, I don't want to be a burden to you. So I definitely get that. But I don't want this to only be a conversation about the different aspects of mental health. I also want it to be a conversation about resources and tools that people use. Like I said, I've started therapy. And for me, I didn't even start therapy because I felt like I was in a dark place. And I think that's another thing that a lot of people align Mm -hmm. with mental health is that I have to be at the bottom or in a very desperate place in order for it to be a mental health issue. No, that's not necessarily the case. If you slightly feel uncomfortable about anything, that could be a sign that you just need some level of support. And so for me, I wanted to do therapy because similar to what Brittany had brought up earlier, I recognize that there has been some generational trauma in my family. And with that, I just want to make sure that as I continue to grow and blossom as a woman, that I'm not carrying those things into my future. It's not part of my thought process or it's not a part of my habits. And I'm not pouring it over into other relationships. So that way when my future comes with my husband and my kids, that I don't pour that into them. So for me, it's almost like a proactive tool that I'm trying to use to make sure that as I continue to grow, that I'm growing in a matter that's going to be very beneficial for me and those that are surrounding me. Definitely. I, I view... Yeah, I was just going to say, I view therapy the same way I view going to regular dentist appointment, going to regular doctor's appointment, for women going to your OB-GYN, going to work out, just like you work out your body, you need to work on your mind and your emotions and your spirit as well. It doesn't have to be when you're down. It doesn't have to be when you're triggered. View it as that routine that you do everything else as. If, you, if you're going to the dentist regularly, you're going to the eye doctor regularly, whatever it is, check in on your mental health and, and emotions regularly as well. If that means seeing a therapist, so be it. And if therapy isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. So if, if therapy doesn't work for you, there are other things you can find that work for you it doesn't have to be the same as everybody else's. It's definitely an individual journey. Yeah. But make sure you're you're checking in on yourself routinely the same way you do your how I view it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because outside of that, I told you guys that I like to journal. And one of my friends 
has become very intentional about setting aside time in the mornings to prepare for the day. So whether that means they're journaling or they're reading their Bible or they're just taking some time to meditate, they're being very intentional about setting their mental space up for whatever the day has in store for them. And I think sometimes that's important. We just get up and we go, right? We're not giving ourselves time to just prepare and get yeah. ready for the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say she does that. I was watching a live yesterday with on the Hope Everybody Knows Who Auntie Tab is. If you don't, baby. Tabitha Brown. <laughs> yes, honey, you missing out. But she, you know, has a partnership with the Calm app now. And she did a live and she was speaking to Lena Waithe. And Lena was talking about she wakes up now and reads and takes notes in her book and starts her day. And she was like, I like to get up before the world gets up to Mm -hmm. just have that time to myself before I have to work or do work on a project or do anything with anybody else. And I didn't think about it that way before, because y'all know me and mornings are not friends, but it makes sense kind of before the world wakes up and gets going and you have to engage, take that time for yourself, set your intentions for the day, get yourself centered before you get your day started. And, and it probably makes a world of difference. For some people that like tip, I know you get up in the first before the sun come up. It's you go work out in the morning. Well, yeah. like, that's good for you. That's what works for you and that helps mm-hmm. you. Some people may need that workout before bed to help relieve the stress of the day. Whatever, whatever works for you, just being intentional about taking time to get yourself together every day is really, really important. The Calm app, I know we're talking about therapy, but the for those of you that therapy is feel like therapy is not for you, the Calm app, <laughs> since I mentioned it, that could be utilized as a tool for relaxation. Yeah. This is good. This is much needed. And being honest, we expect so much honesty from other people. We got to be honest with ourselves about where we are how we feel and what we need Mm -hmm. the key thing is what we need because sometimes we're open about how we feel but we won't tell people what we need and sometimes what we need is is uncomfortable for people to hear that's very true and of course we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable we'd rather just stay uncomfortable ourselves instead of inconvenience anyone else child Mm -hmm. Got to do that. We do. Like you said, we got to learn how to schedule time to unplug, even if that means taking a mental day off. Like, I'm thankful that my job has literally a, a special time off just for mental health. It's not a part of our Good. vacation. It's literally, if you need a mental day, that's what you use. And I'm so appreciative for that because we need it. You know what I'm saying? Like I told y'all. I feel like I'm in the stage of burnout for work, but it's necessary. And like you said, learning how to say no is also important. And accepting for yourself and enforcing other people to accept that no period is a complete sentence. There's no more explanation needed. (laughs) That's it. That's all. No. That'll save you a lot of stress, too. No. 
That's it. Well, since we won't say no, no, as a complete sentence, I think it's best that we can go ahead and wrap up yeah. <laughs> today's episode. We just want to say thank you guys for taking the time to be a part of this community, continue to grow with us, learn from each other. Like we said, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we hope that you two are taking time for yourself, whether that means taking a day off of work or just unplugging from social media or just cutting your phone off because we have some that like to do that too. It's important that you check in on yourself and give yourself a little bit of grace and love in your moments of stressfulness and be sure to go over to Instagram. Let us know how you're feeling today. Let us know about yourself. Check in, give us a little indication if you're doing well or not. Like I said, this is a platform where we're trying to create a community that supports and uplifts each other through all avenues of life. And mental health is definitely one that we take very seriously over at the air is dope. So be sure to tune in until next time and be blessed.